This is Marcel. And this is Isabel. And you are now listening to the Top Rank Podcast. For any of the listeners, this podcast is an exploratory research platform centered on people of diverse backgrounds who are driving and shaping the world around them. Today, we're very, very happy to be speaking with an artist and a collaborator of ours, actually, who we admire and adore, Destiny Mata, a New York native photographer and filmmaker whose work particularly focuses on topics pertaining to subculture and community. Destiny is formerly the director of photography programs at the Lower East Side Girls Club, and her work has been published in publications like Vogue, Vice is Noisy, Vibe, The Source, and Mass Appeal. And Destiny's work has also been exhibited on a multitude of occasions, including the 2020 Photoville Festival, at the International Center of Photography, and at the Museum of the City of New York, just to name a few. She is also one of several photographers who, my, who Marcel and I work with on portraits for our forthcoming book about nameplate jewelry, so this interview is, is extra special to us. Destiny, thank you so much for being down to talk with us today, and just to kind of start this off lightly, it's late August. Um, how's your summer going? How have you been spending your time? What are you working on? Just, you know, bring us up to speed. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Um, I'm currently in Texas where um, I was part of my life I was raised in. So I'm at my grandparents' house right now. So right now I'm just trying to like recharge, you know, cause the city could be chaotic. But um, yeah, my summer has been filled with like going to a lot of live music shows. Um, what else have I, I've been, I've been taking a lot of photos of um, the underground punks of color scene. I've been working on a series of photos um, of that community for like the past six years. So uh, that's how I've been spending my time and also like reflecting on photo projects that have been sitting in my hard drive. So I'm like, let me get back to those and refresh myself I'm like well, what do I want to dive back into just because I've been documenting live music for so long I'm like I feel like my heart is telling me to do go into a different direction and like just refresh myself into dive into something new so that's what I've been up to mm, I'm super curious to hear like what are those like projects that you're about to dust off and restart again but perhaps before we get into that you mentioned that like Texas is where you're at now and part of your story. Um, I see that you like have often talk about and like describe yourself as like a New York City, Texas hybrid, which are, you know, on the other ends of the country, you know, Texas in and of itself could be its own country. So <laughs> curious to hear more about how these two places are part of your, are part of your identity and your life story uh, and perhaps how do, do the cultures of these um, of these places how do they emerge in your work as an artist yeah when when people ask me like oh where are you from it's always hard for me to say like where I'm from because I feel like 
I'm so connected to, to San Anto in Texas and I'm so connected to New York City. So I always say I'm a hybrid of the two places. I was talking to um, a friend, an artist here in, in San Anto, and um, I was like, what, what can I call myself? Like, how can I chop up like New York and Texas? So we were playing around with different like words. So one of them was like, oh, you could be New, New Yorkana, New Yorkana or Teja York, or you're a Teja Yorker. And I'm like, I kind of like Teja York. Like I that love has that. a ring to it. So I think that's what I'm going to start saying when people ask me where I'm from. And um, yeah, so that's uh, back to the question. So I was I was raised in New York City, born in San Antonio. So I have um, most my family roots are here in Texas, in San Antonio. Um, and my grandfather was a part time wedding photographer and my my tia, my aunt, was a fashion photographer so I feel like photography is like deeply embedded in my in my soul so um yeah being from both of these places have like influenced all of my work I'm so sorry Someone's no, calling. No <laughs> yeah so being from both of these places have influenced um my photography deeply um just because that's that's where I'm from and my work is based on my own lived experiences. So being, I'm going to say third generation um, Mexican-American, you know, it's, it's hard. Like I'm still finding my own identity. And I think I, through my photography, I'm trying to find that because growing up in New York as a young person, like I was around so many people, like ethnicities. So like, I feel connected to Puerto Ricans, I feel connected to Dominicans, I feel connected like more than being Mexican sometimes because I feel like I know more about that culture um, than my own. So when I come back to Texas, I, it feels so good to like be around family and learn more about where, where my family is from. So that's why I feel special to like even do this interview because I'm sitting in you know, my family home and I'm reflecting about, you know, what I'm, who I am, so. Mm. It's so cool to hear too that you, you have like a family lineage of creating photography and producing art in this way. And, and also it being kind of like event-based too, which I, I, when I think of your work, I think of you being really immersed in certain like cultural scenes. I feel like weddings and fashion shows kind of have that same sort of like electric um, energy that um, that the work that you do um, documenting live music, um, I think, do you see parallels in that? Like those, some of those early influences with your family's photography um, I, interests? I feel like I learned so much about, um, what I wanted, what my voice was going to be as a photographer, right? Because like my grandpa loved shooting events. Well, I loved shooting events too, but he focused on weddings and my aunt, my tia focused on fashion, which was like a fantasy world. And for me, like my lived experience, I mean, I had a rough upbringing. So I'm like, I wanted to share, you know, real, you know, 
stories of people and um, the people that I, you know, that I love and adore and, you know, uh, care about. So I think it helped me like reflecting on seeing like what their passions and love was for photography helped me find like, what does that mean to me? And so it, it, it helped me, yeah, it helped me find my voice as a photographer um, being around them, but also they influenced me like always being around creative. Like my, when I grew up with my aunt who was a fashion photographer and I was in the photo studio with her as a child. So I just saw her process of how like her thought process about how she brainstormed how like I would sit in the morning and be eating my cereal and she would be having a casting call so she so I remember models coming in and being like and she'd be like okay take your shirt off I'm gonna take your Polaroid and I'm like eating my cereal <laughs> like what's <laughs> going on right now I'm like in second grade and wow. seeing all of this happen and I'm like I you know and it all made sense later on and I remember another example was she would take me with her when my mom was working and um, this was pre-Photoshop and we, they would have these, like, there was people who would airbrush onto the photo to like make smoother skin. So I remember going to these places with her and she would bring her photos and they'd be like airbrushing onto the photo. So just like all these like experiences, I reflect back and I'm like, wow, I, I, I got to like be a part of that, like, history of you know pre-technology and like seeing the way the photo world worked at a young age so I think all those those moments being you know being with her I I got to to know how like the industry worked so I kind of felt like I was like oh this is my internship but <laughs> from elementary to, to high school so yeah it made me like realize like okay how do I how am I gonna like if how am I going to make it as a photographer? But also I always felt like I could make it because I had, I, I had my, my aunt as like, she made it so I can, I can make it. There's no, so always in my mind, I'm like, I can, I can be a successful photographer. So I always had that like motivation because of her. So um, I'm thankful to like have had that time with her. That's so interesting that you have this family history and actually fun, weird fact. I used to be a wedding photographer. Whoa. <laughs> in high school, I used to work actually and college. I used to work at this studio. I mean, so much has changed since then, even though that was only 15 years ago, but mm -hmm. it was a film, a film only event studio that kind of, that the specialization was weddings, which was like, it's funny that you mentioned fantasy because I feel like wedding photography as a genre is such a like fraught and intense way to interact yeah. with people photographically because you're responsible for, you know, picturing this thing that they probably are incredibly invested in how it looks and like their yeah. memory of it. So that's a really, that's, I, I don't hear often about that line of work, but that's really interesting. I am wondering like, cause I was thinking about this for myself too. Do you remember, the first like I don't know like the first photos that you took that you that were like significant to you like did you have a camera that was yours or like were you allowed to borrow someone else's or do you remember what the first subject matter that really drew you in was or like what those photos were so my mom got me my first like little digital camera but before that in middle school 
um, I, I would buy like disposable cameras. So uh, most of my photos were of my friends and like I would go to a lot of punk shows like in middle school. <laughs> so I have photos of like in Tompkins listening to a punk band. So yeah, a lot of my photos are, I'm still taking photos of the same things I love. So if I look back, I'm like, wow, I'm just living my life and telling my story through photos now that I think of it. So um, I'm already thinking about your retrospective and having the photos from your middle school shows be next to your work from like 20 years later. That would be amazing. I, I have to find like I have to find them. I know there's somewhere, but I, yeah, ideally I would like to to have that at some point in my life, like to have like a series of a chronological like from the beginning to where I'm at now. But yeah, I mean, being here at my my grandparents' house, like I'm that's I, I was joking around with my friend because she's in an artist residency in Mexico, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to my artist residency at my grandparents' house. but um yeah I'm just literally I feel like I'm just reflecting on you know all the work I do because like I'm I shoot like every day like I have my camera with me everywhere I go so I'm constantly photographing whatever's happening in my life but um yeah what was the question again I don't know (laughs) it was well I feel like I think you answered it. I think what I am now wondering as well, which actually fits nicely into the next question is, you know, this is something I've been thinking about as well in terms of, I think that every person has like, even if you're not completely cognizant of it, themes in their life, which they revisit. Um, And some, and if you're an artist, it can be easier or a writer, it can be easier to see what those things are. Because sometimes I'll come across like, I don't know, something I wrote, 10 years ago and be like, wow, I actually still just think about the same shit. Like that's, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there was just like such consistency or maybe obsession on, on a certain topic or like a certain image. So I'm wondering um, what, what do you think draws you to this subject matter that you seem to have been revisiting for pretty much your whole life? Like, could you talk to us about maybe the punk scene or your particular interest in, in punks of color this also makes me think about your book. Like, could you talk to us a bit about, about all of that? Yeah. So that, that whole, like, so yeah, I've been documenting um, live music since I was in middle school. I would go to punk shows at like Tompkins Square Park. I'd go to ABC No Rio, which was like a community space um, in the Lower East Side where I was, you know, where I grew up. Um, so yeah, this has been a constant like yeah theme, right? Music. Also, yeah, music is therapy. So when I found Punks of Color, which was a organized by punks of color, but I remember going to shows and you know it was mostly white male dominated, and there was very few of people who looked like me, um, either you know on the stage or in the crowd. So when I, my friend invited me to a show called Punks of Color and I was like, what's that? And he's like, yeah, my band's playing, come take some photos. So it was, we went to a show in Brooklyn in a basement and I was just like, this is my dream show. Like, where, where have you been all my life? So from that show, like, I was like, when's the next one? 
and I, and then I become became hooked. But I also like it was my form of therapy because I was also working as a photo instructor at the Lower East Side Girls Club. So like being around youth can you know take a lot of energy from you. So that was my way of like unwinding and like therapeutic but also like I met so many amazing like artists community organizers musicians like all a part of this one music scene in New York and which I didn't have like growing up like as a young person so I felt like wow I need to document this and like tell the story but also like for me now looking back on it I'm like wow I want to interview more of the folks that are like heavily a part of this because like if we don't have this history like it's just gonna be erased and you know we need to have that so the book called the way we were I I was able to like sit down you know COVID happened I was like able to be reflect on all these shows that I went to um so Deborah the woman who published the book she has a publication called the culture crush um and one of my mentors, he's a photographer, New Yorkian photographer from the Bronx. His name is Ricky Flores. He introduced me to her. And um, at first it was gonna be a zine. And then she was like, there are too many photos, like let's make a book. And for me, I was like, whoa, I don't even know how this process is gonna go. Literally we sat in her office, like looking through every single fo photo. The book is like almost 400 pages. It's insane. <laughs> wow. Need. Yeah. So this, so punks of color is like, it's not like a name for like that you gave this group. It's like an established it's, like show, like organ, it's, kind of like an organization of sorts. It's yeah. So it was a group of organizers, uh, Gala and Mateo. May he rest in peace. Um, so they were one of the main organizers, organizers that would put this sh these shows together for punks of color mm. and so it was great because like all the shows you know were also had a, a purpose right so like they would donate funds to um autism funds to like you know immigration like whatever wh whatever was going on in you know in that time like would try to raise funds you know to give back so um yeah it was deeper than just music you know um, but yeah, the shows have like, there's not, they haven't had any shows recently, obviously, but hopefully, um, they'll come back. But so there was different collectives, right? So Punks of Color was one. Hydro Punk was another collective from the Bronx and they would have shows uptown in the Bronx because they were like, we're too tired. That commute from the Bronx to Brooklyn is not cutting and we're not going to be coming back and forth late night. So they started their own thing out in the Bronx and, and started their own shows out there. So I would go out there to, you know, document the shows that were happening there. So like all these stories from these different collectives that I saw evolve, like throughout the past six years, their stories are in the book. Wow, I really want, I need to get, I need to, to buy a copy of this. I actually know Monica from, from Hydropunk. Um, I did a story with her for, for a magazine a couple of years ago. She's amazing, and I and like I I I, I actually wasn't really aware that they had kind of ceased um, their programming, but that was such a special time. 
Yeah, Monica's a baddie. I love her. She's like a big inspiration, you know, for me and my work. She's also a photographer, community organizer, um, all those things. Love her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, like I said, I'm like, we got to preserve the stories because people don't know. People don't know what what's going on, you know, in the underground world. Yeah, it's fascinating to, to hear too that this is like, like there's like a sort of a racially segmented like punk scene. Like, before, like could you talk a bit more about like, I know this is like a, sub, a big area of subject for your art, but can you just like give an overview of like sort of how, why this community exists? Like why do they, why, why to have punks of color kind of emerge as, you know, a type of artistic community outside of the, you know, assumed quote unquote scare quote, like main, I guess it isn't like a oxymoron to say mainstream punk scene, but sort of more conventional, <laughs> like, 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 um, um, yeah, music, music scene, like, like, can you, can you, I guess you can give more context and background around why this community exists in the first place. Yeah, punks in color, I mean, from my opinion, exists because there wasn't enough representation right like going to shows like there was I, you know other people felt the same way that, that I did not seeing us you know bands of color like performing you know shows so I think that that inspired them to like create you know their own collective and organize these type of shows and I think from that like punks of color uh and that's where I, I met Monica at a Punks of Color show. I think that like heavily influenced like these other young people to be like, hey, like, you know, punk is the ethos is DIY, like do it yourself. Like, I think that inspired, you know, folks like Monica to be like, oh, if they can organize this, I could do this, you know, in my borough in the Bronx. So like I saw all these other collectives. There's another collective called No Flowers for White Powers which highlights queer BIPOC um, individuals yeah, and created, you know, their own space, you know, safe space, quote unquote, to, to uh, curate shows and whatnot. So it's like, yeah, I feel like people are just like, okay, I'm tired of going to shows that, you know, aren't reflections of me and I don't feel comfortable there. So we're going to make it ourselves. Well, I was going to ask, I, I'm kind of curious to hear more about the editing process for the way we were. Okay. I feel like um, going, parsing through your own work is like, I mean, just being your own editor for anything, whether it's, whether it is, you know, visuals, photographs, writing is so hard. And I mean, even we felt that way with our book and, and we're not even the people who took any of the photos. So I'm wondering, like, what was that experience? I mean, you narrow, so it's 400 pages. What percentage of the photos that you looked at do you think are actually in the book? And like, how did you make those decisions? Yeah, I, it was extremely hard. Like, I am happy that I had, you know, Deborah, the publisher and graphic designer, like by my side, because this was both our first times ever doing editing or making a book. So like, we were learning as we went. Um, yeah, basically it was hard. We butted heads at some, you know, in some parts. Cause I was like, I was connected to some images, but she was like, it doesn't tell the story. And I'm like, 
you're right. <laughs> doesn't tell the story, but I am connected to this image, you know? Yeah. So it was moments like that were, were difficult for me because I am attached on another level and she's coming, she's an outsider looking in and, you know, hearing her, her responses to it. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This, and it kind of felt like, I remember in college we would have critiques or discussions about photography. I, it felt like I was like in a critique somehow, like, cause I would have to explain like, okay, I had to fight for the photo. I'm like, do, do you know, does it really say, does it have purpose? you know, in the book for, does that make sense in this space? So it was really difficult. So part of the process was we would, we printed a lot of like four by six photos and we laid them out on um, like a foam core and we pinned them all up. And so it's nice to have the physical copy to look at. And so we played around. So we would take the, we'd pin them up and then the ones that I didn't, we didn't want, we'd take the pins off and then we'd see, I'm like, okay, does this flow? Does this tell the story? So that was our process. It was very like hands-on versus just looking at a screen the whole time. And when you say like the story, like what do you think, what's the story you think you're trying to tell the book? Well, okay, so the whole idea and concept of like telling the story was, um, I had mentioned before there was punks of color, there was hydro punk. So there was all these collectives. So there's, think of the book as chapters, right? So like one story is about the punks of color uh, community. The other story is about hydropunk and, and their story in the Bronx. The other story is about um, No Flowers for White Powers, which is an, uh, another collective. So it's like all these collectives, music collectives, um, had their own section in the book. So, so I had to like organize photos. I'm like, okay, so all these shows were from the Bronx. All these shows were from... And, and the book is, I, I didn't just take photos in one borough. Like I even have photos from Stan Island when I shot like oh Punk God. Island over there and Punk Island's another chapter. So it's like all these different um, collectives that um, are the different stories that I was highlighting, that I highlighted in the book. Wow. And I, I, I mean, I find it really important I guess like instructive that like music and just the energy of and I, I feel like I mean I've been to like one or two punk shows for a job that I had back out of college like I can't say that I'm very experienced but the shows that I have been to had this kind of palpable like frenetic energy I left my first punk show with like a bruise on my thigh <laughs> someone like bumped into me really intensely during um a mosh pit um so it has like these shows have this like visceral type of like energy and the work that that you do as a photographer is really like immersed in like documenting documenting these really like visceral scenes and I mean, I was curious to hear more about like, what are your, what's your approach, I guess, in these spaces to capturing these moments? Like perhaps it's not like a conscious process or, or perhaps it is like, I'm, I'm curious to know, like once you enter a, a space, how do you, how have you learned to, to bear witness and capture the moments that have, had that have landed in this book? And I guess an attachment to that is like, who, if anyone, has influenced how you, your approach to seeing, seeing the world as a photographer? Yeah, I, so the punk, the punk, so I've, it's been six years that, that I've been photographing, um, you know, the punk scene in New York, underground punk scene in New York. So I feel like I, I have 
a family, like an extended family in that scene. Because at this point, I have like some of the bands will help me carry like my equipment into spaces, but that took time, right? So like I, I would just attend the shows and I'd take a couple of photos here and there, but like for me as a documentary photographer, like I like to learn about the people who are, who I'm photographing and like feel a connection with them before I just start, you know, popping a flash in their face. So it took some time. It took like a year of me just going to shows and um, me feeling comfortable to photograph them, you know? So once I felt comfortable, you know, it was game on. Like, I'm going to pop the flash in your face. And then at this point, they don't care. They're like, we, you know, we're fam. Like, it's all good. Like, you're sharing the photos with me. Like, I get to use them and, and share them, you know, with you know their fans or whatever so it's like a mutual respect thing for me um so yeah i mean now it's just i feel also i i i've known some of these artists like there's one kid his name is poster boy 2000 he's like one of my favorite um up-and-coming artists he like plays a nintendo ds and it's like punk music it's pretty cool um, but anyways, I met him at a show and he was kind of like my guide into the scene. He was like 17 or 18 at the time. And um, he would just, he was a loner. He would go to the shows by himself. So then he would start texting. He's like, hey, this show is happening tonight. You should come. And um, now to watch him grow as an artist, he, is play, he just played like a uh, Gramercy ballroom. Like he, I just saw his whole whole transition of being like, the shy kid in the corner to like having this community that's been uplifting him. And now he's like playing in front of all these people, like to see that, like that's community. Like he had the support by everyone to like say, you could do it, you could do this. And, and that for me, like, is it reminds me of like my aunt who's a, who was a fashion photographer, who was, you know, always motivating me, you know, any way that I could. So I felt like, those two worlds like of community and having a mentor and those kind of things like really shape you know who I am and how I you know navigate through these spaces do you feel like well I know you mentioned Ricky Flores do you feel like there's any other I guess I I'm curious about your style because I feel like it's so distinct like when I see, if I'm just like scrolling on Instagram and I saw a photo that you posted, I would know it was a photo by you before seeing that or if someone else did. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, are there other photographers historically or even people in your life who you feel were really influential to how you take photos or their, or their aesthetic is like especially appealing to you? Yeah, um, I remember in- when I was taking a, a photojournalism class at LaGuardia Community College, I remember my professor, his name was Scott Sternback. He was like, you don't have to go, you don't have to do National Geographic and go out to like Africa and take photos of the communities there. He's like, just look within, and look in your backyard. Like that's the stories that are right in front of you. You know, and that really like when he said that, like a light bulb went on in my head and I was like, that's 
I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't, I don't have to travel somewhere far. Like the stories are right here. Like I, and that, that just set it off. I was like, and then I turned the camera like on myself when I, when I was in college and like, I documented my mom and I a lot, but um, yeah, I remember in college, I, he told us to like, look through the lens blog, which one of my mentors, he's also New Yorkian, his name's David Gonzalez. Um, he started the lens blog in, on New York Times where he would highlight different um, photographers. And um, one of the photographers that I found on the lens blog was his name, he goes by Boogie and he shot um, public housing in, I think it was Bushwick houses, if I'm not mistaken. And he's originally from Belgarde. I don't know what country exactly. Where's, where's Belgarde? I don't remember. But anyways, he was documenting public housing. I'm like, oh, wow, that, you know, I grew up in the Lower East Side and Lillian Wald houses, but I was like, he's documenting public housing in like, uh, you know, he's photographing gangs. He's photographing like, yeah, that's reality. That's real things, but that's not my reality. So I was like, let me photograph my neighbors. Let me photograph the people around me who make up my life. So um, that photo story like really uh, inspired me to like that, you know, capture raw moments in time. Um, yeah, his name was Boogie. I also, love his work. I think I, he's Serbian, right? Is he Serbian? Yeah, he's Serbian. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I yeah. feel like these photos are so romantic. Somehow. Yeah, I love them. But for me, I was like, I love the, the images. I love that you're shooting, you know, um, public housing, because that's really important. But I was like, let me let me do it my way. <laughs> but inspired by Boogie. So um, yeah, he was a big influence. Um, also, Clayton Patterson has been a big mentor in my life. Uh, just learning about like, the community that I was raised in, in the Lower East Side and learning about like, the riots that went on in Tompkins Square Park, um, learning about all the people who lived in the neighborhood. He did like a whole series in front of his door. Um, yeah, just, yeah, he was a big, definitely him and his wife also were, were big influences on my work as well. Also Mary Ellen Marth, oh my God, like she's a queen photography that I love. Arlene Gottfried, trying to think of anyone else there's so many but yeah those are oh joseph rodriguez come on like he <laughs> every photo i'm like oh melting like this is this is too beautiful or this is too heartbreaking or like you can feel you can feel the emotion through his images that i'm like that i love yeah i love i love his work too also really romantic I feel mm -hmm. like um, just yeah. about like the composition, but okay, we have one more question for you, which is, you know, maybe makes a lot of sense at the moment that you're looking at, you're, you're dusting off old hard drives and looking at old, at older work, because we would love to know what is a project or a subject that you're hoping to manifest for the future? We think if you say it on this interview, it will happen. So what is on your mind? There are so many projects that I'm like tapping into, but that's kind of like why I'm here actually in Texas, being with my grandparents. I, 
it's so hard. Like there's one that I've been thinking about because my my aunt who passed, she passed away. She was a fashion photographer. I really want to tell her story, you know, like, but, you know, through a documentary, like lens, like not photographically, but like uh, through moving image and like interview my grandparents about her life and just tell like her story and what she went through to become an artist. Um, that's one. Another one is I've been focusing on home, like where is home for me? And so a big piece of home is growing up in public housing. And so I've been documenting public housing here, uh, the Alazan courts here in San Antonio since I can remember, like maybe high school too, and New York. So I just want to show like maybe the juxtaposition of both, both places. So I don't know, either that, going back to the whole theme of home and what it means to me, or family. I mean, they both connect, right? So maybe I could do both at the same time. I know. I don't doubt that you'll be able to find some beautiful and profound way to bring all these threads together into something. And I'm excited. Is it going to be like a new book? Like, I'm excited to see what I, comes of it. I guess this is what time is like. I don't know. I feel like I'm dabbling into the, the moving image. So I feel like it's going to be like maybe like a mix of mixed media like voiceovers with you know um image like video images and interviews and I'm not sure I kind of want to just experiment and see where it goes beautiful well we can't wait to see what comes of this and we hope that you get plenty of rest and reflection as you yeah think about like what's next and we hope that in some way maybe having this container of time to, to reflect with other people like me and Isabel that maybe it sparks some some new ideas who knows maybe that's giving us too much credit but that would be the least thing that we would hope that you got out of this conversation because we certainly learned a lot from you and yeah it's just always wonderful to hear like the the deeper story and significance of like how artists create and like why why y'all do the work that you do so we're super appreciative that you took the time out of your yeah your very important reflection time in texas to, to chat with us today yeah well thank you all like you you all really got my creative juices flowing for the day and, and for the rest Yay. of the time that i'm here so amazing yeah, awesome. I love that, that you're um, thinking about expanding beyond just like the image into these other multi-format ways of storytelling, I guess. Like, I think Marcel and I have similar impulses in a way, even though we both are like words people, but I think that's really beautiful and I, and I love it. But for anyone who's listening, before we close, for anyone who's listening, where can they find you on the internet to follow your work or to buy your book? Okay, um, theculturecrush.com, you can purchase my book there. Uh, it's called The Way We Were. And uh, Instagram at destiny.mata. Beautiful. Perfect. Um, Thanks, Destiny. Yay, we got to catch up when I come back. Definitely. Just let, let us know when you're back. We will be I'll here. I'll y'all when I'm back. Okay, sure. perfect. Have a All great right, rest of your day, you Destiny. Too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Then I add this a violent for me. 